Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. Today's topic is I'm not ready to go back to normal, mm-hmm. which when we were talking about this topic made me also think like, when I wasn't ready to go back to school or when I wasn't ready to go back to work, just like what the expectations are for when we're supposed to put it all together and be okay. But you're like, oh, I'm not ready. Or when you're grieving like the the loss of somebody and, and people have these expectations that you should just be fine, but you're not fine. This reminded me of all of that. I have very similar ideas around that particularly tied to the the way that many times you are just expected to feel better. You're expected to just move on with life for whatever reason, you know, like whatever X thing has happened, you're just supposed to move on. And you're just like, no, I'm not ready to do that. Yeah. I'm going to start with with what I've what I've experienced within the last couple of weeks where all of a sudden, it's not all of a sudden, right? It's it's a gradual progression where people are just back in the world. And the way that that makes me feel is super anxious. Being in, in rooms with lots of people, seeing like so much traffic, especially around the area where we are in, you know, Northern Virginia, seeing people without masks. That's just a little frightening to me. But at the core of that experience is, uncertainty. If I am the only one that's feeling this way and then being like, oh my God, I think I forgot how to talk to people. (laughs) I'm not sure what to do now. Yeah. Oh God, that does remind me of periods of time where I don't know if others will relate to this, but when it comes to episodes, like I've had times of my life where I've disappeared for six months and just stopped connecting with friends and just like did what I had to do to survive, which meant probably prioritizing my job just so like I could continue to do the work I needed to do, but everything else isolated, you know? Yeah. And the stimulation, it's like, I don't know if this is how you feel, but like part of it is just like when you spend a lot of time by yourself, like just going out into the world is overwhelming. Yes. When did you describe anxiety? Like, yes, anxiety feels like just overwhelming. Like, I don't know how to negotiate all of the sounds and the stuff that my eyes have to pay attention to. I definitely don't know how to talk to people. I think that's worthwhile talking about just because social interactions are the most complicated things that we have to deal with. And, and there's a lot that has to go with like, oh my gosh, what does it mean that I have to talk to a human being? In a different way, like in a social way, that's not just like a work way. Yes. I kind of got pushed in back into the world within the last couple of weeks um, because we had our conference, you know, we had our annual conference. So there were people there and I was there in person. And for me, I have never felt so in and out of place at the same time. 
because I was like, these are my people. These are the people that I communicate with all the time. But at the same time, I was like, I just want to be in my room. Yeah. No, I really relate to that. Did you have this thing where there's this one moment in your mind where you're like, oh, you have to speak now. Yes. Hey, America, say words. <laughs> yes. It's like, don't say stupid words. <laughs> and then you say words. And then there are some moments where you're like, oh, okay, I communicated that. Okay. And sometimes you say things that are really, really weird. I don't know if you do this, where you're like, oh my gosh, that whole conversation sucks so bad. Why did I say half the things I said? And then you ruminate about it because you're like, I am out of practice. Yes. Yes to all of that. And mind you, right, because I, I wore my mask and then I'd be like, nobody can see my face. They can only see my eyes. So America, keep your eyes as, you know, unex you know, no, no emotion. Just straight ahead. Just straight ahead. <laughs> But underneath, you're like, fudge the girls, what's happening? The mask has been a real support for people with mental health problems because it definitely let me cuss in my mouth. <laughs> it's a barrier, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, not a protective barrier. Yes. Yeah, not have to smile or feel like, because definitely as part of negotiating relationships, I'm also like, I need to smile and not look so mean all the time. Yes. Like One of the things that struck me the most was, you know, sometimes when you you feel connected to somebody, not even anybody that you really know, but connected and like, oh, look, I think I know her. And so you smile to be like welcoming. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have my mask and I was like, duh, nobody can see your smile. <laughs> And then that means that you then have to communicate that through words or something. Which is the worst. <laughs> the yeah, worst. Like, Hi. How yeah. are you? <laughs> I am Teresa. <laughs> yes. Yes. Communicating with words is so awful. It's yeah. awful. And people who just like seem like they are bouncing around society, like totally comfortable. You're like, how do you all not just run back to the hole. It feels so safe, you know? Yeah. So, oh my gosh, I remember there was one year at conference where I was going through a very hard time. And it was for me a striking difference between like, oh, when Teresa is normal and doing okay and how she can negotiate social relationships. But then this one year, which was not even a COVID year, and it was a hot mess. I showed <laughs> up. I it, I probably walked into a room and left that room 10 times before I figured out where I could sit and not be weird. And I just sat there thinking in my head like, oh, should you should you be going somewhere else? Should you sit here? Are you looking weird? Do people look at you like you're weird? <laughs> <laughs> Are you being weird? Yeah. And I was like, stop it, Teresa. Be normal. <laughs> <laughs> nobody is thinking about me in that way but I was it just felt awkward like it just felt when you said I fail in a place but out of a place like that is what it feels like and then you have to negotiate that in your whole mind and your body yeah and it's like this is social anxiety like this is what social anxiety feels like Yes, and then you just See, get very, very sweaty, and you talk yourself into a hole. And if you're, and then, oh, do you experience this? Where then you get into a moment where you have paralysis, where you're like so stuck in your experience that you're like, oh, now I'm paralyzed. <laughs> so then you just keep sitting there because you literally cannot move. 
I think I experienced that. I, I'm an introverted person. I know that surprises you. I know that that does, but I am introverted and I like to just be in my head and in my own thoughts. And in this space where there's people around you and they're asking you to interact, I could just be sitting at a corner. I'm chilling, doing my own thing. And then people would be like, hi. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> and it's that thought process. America, engage now. Your brain, <laughs> you have to communicate, you know. And what I found very helpful is some of our colleagues are so vivacious that yeah. they just pull you into that. And you're like, okay, yeah, you're my person. It's okay. You're going to balance out my complete weirdness because you're just going to shine. And I'm just yeah. be like, okay, great. I do. I have done that when, if somebody is, if somebody seems very comfortable, I will basically just follow them around like a weird person and let them carry the conversation and feel like that's work. Like I'm working. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it's like you turn around. You're like, Oh, Teresa, you're there again. Oh, okay. Teresa. And then I'm scoping the room for like, who is the least awkward person that I can talk to, <laughs> which is yes. horrible because in our job, there's this expectation that you're supposed to talk to people, like new people. And they tell us this. They're like, yeah, we're supposed to network and like hang out and meet and greet people. And I'm like, yes, yeah. what, how? <laughs> you know, what's funny. Someone else at conference had said to me, you know, that kind of idea, like we're supposed to be here welcoming, networking things. And the energy of, of somebody else really either clashes with your energy and you're just like, oh my God, I want to hide underneath a rock, right? Yeah. Or it's vibing enough that you're like, we can just sit here. We're two complete strangers. We're just going <laughs> to sit in silence and we're chilling. It's not a big deal, right? Yeah. But yeah. when you're opposite that and the person's like, hey, and very like outgoing, wanting to engage, and then... I feel like even worse because I can't level up to their energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm going to go find another table. That's how I feel. Table first. This also happens in a group dynamic and tables are particularly weird, but have you ever sat at a table where people are talking or whatever, and you're clearly the one not in the conversation, Yes, but you're sitting in their space. And then you have to like, listen or try to pretend how you might engage. But you also can't totally leave without being weird, or you're actually stuck. You're like, yeah. and then you just think about, am I supposed to say something? Or And then my default is just to laugh. You know, because I've been in those situations, I have I, I I have experienced everything you have described. And then what I learned is just like, America, just go for it. And I'm like, hi. And even before I sit down, I'm just like, hi, I'm America. This is who I am. And it's like, if we can't move forward from here, I'm going to do what I got to do and dip. That's so brave. I, it's, it's so hard. It is all it takes. I know what you're saying. Gosh, now I have to think, have I ever done that? I don't think I've ever just been like, hi, <laughs> I'm Teresa. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I probably start small, but even saying like, hello to my neighbor, that feels a little safer. I'll be like, hi, what's your yeah. name? Will you be my friend? <laughs> yes. I feel like I'm in middle school again. Like, I... I don't know where and I see, belong. That's, that's the aspect of all of this that 
when I feel like not being ready to go back to normal, it's like there are all these social rules that exist that in many ways we set aside for a year and a half of our life because we were just functioning in our home base, right? And so now it's kind of like you have taken off this, this protective barrier and then all of a sudden you're like bombarded with these rules again. And you're just like, I'm not exactly sure how to navigate this space and it's freaking me out. I just want to go sit in my car and listen to a podcast, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Did you feel this way with school? Because I remember like some people got excited returning back to school and I... I can't remember that I, I was very excited. I felt I probably felt more scared than anything. Like, and it felt the same way. Like, I'm not ready to go back to normal as an adult here in this space. Feels a lot like I'm not ready to go back to school. I'm not ready for summer to end. I don't want to negotiate all of the weirdness with like relationships and emotions and bullying and like even new classes. I remember that. I kind of have to psych myself up. That's that's always been my my go-to kind of process. It's not like I was excited by it, but like the trepidation that I may have also felt, it's combined and it's just like, okay, you just have to grin and bear it. You know, like, it's like the coldness, you know, you just got to rush into it and then it's going to be over that first bit and you're going to acclimate. Yeah. It is, it's like the mixed bag of anxiety plus being an introvert, you know, or being very comfortable inside your own head. But, you know, outside of just like the very few people in your life you feel comfortable with, which is, I I was always grateful that I had just one friend that that I could lean on. I feel like you might have been that person for me at work where I'm like, I have a couple people at work where I'm like, okay, no matter what happens, if this person is in that room, I I do instantly feel more comfortable hmm. being in a space, you know? Um, it's it's really the stranger danger that's the most complicated. Like being stuck in a room with all new people is the biggest fear because yeah. that's the that's the everything it's negotiating all your challenges with the way that you're supposed to behave the way you're supposed to talk with people you don't know and who don't know you you're talking about school and and I know this because you know I have young children in my life that they're just like they're going to go back to school in the fall and they're just like I'm I'm going to make friends and you're like but you have friends and they're I can see it in their face they're like did I really, you know, cause they yeah. haven't really seen them. Yeah. So then they're learning how to navigate that again. And if we as adults are like struggling where we're going back to work. Yeah. For me, that's been like twilight zoney, like super, like, I just want to feel like I can transport my body back home. Yeah. And I'm just the shell sitting here. And it and so specific to COVID though, I'm aware that there were people who never got to turn inward. They've had to work this whole time. But there are other big changes like seeing people without masks, yes. which can feel unsafe, or seeing large crowds again. So it's not it's like during COVID everything was calmer and quieter, which for I think for like a mental health brain, we like that things in the world just aren't so overly stimulated yes like I personally don't like going to New York City because it's just too much that city is too much for my brain 
Whereas yeah. I'm like, I live in California. I like California pace. I, <laughs> it's very calm, right? Like, yes, um, it's very laid back. I just can imagine too, people, even if you've been out, like, yeah, seeing the traffic, seeing all the numbers of people. It's a lot, y'all. If you're feeling overwhelmed, just know everybody else feels that way too. It just looks like everybody is okay, but inside our heads, we're not. And if you're wearing a mask behind your mask, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. So what do we? What do you do? Do you just dive right in? I, I felt lucky that I did not have to go to conference. Like I overlapped with a family wedding that I had committed to, and so I was I was freed from the obligation, but. But I was grateful, you know, I was like, oh, I don't, I felt both grateful, but also FOMO where I was like, oh, I miss my friends. But also Mm -hmm. I felt like, oh, I feel kind of glad because I don't have to negotiate that. And the next time I do, it will be some extra time and I could just ease into it and have extra time to prepare. I I think for me, you know, when you go to the pool and everybody's like, the water's fine, you know, but even if it's fine to them, when you first jump in, it may feel like super cold. Yeah. I don't walk into the pool. I've never done it. I'll jump in because I'm just like, I got to go in and just let it be. And that's the same thing. I'm glad that I participated in conference and I just got pushed in. It's like, okay. And now what I'm feeling coming out of that is, is really being able to gauge how I can further ensure that I am feeling comfortable and saying like, okay, I am not ready to do these things, but I know that I can. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting to me. I love the metaphor because I never jump right in. Never. If someone threatens to throw me in, I get so mad. (laughs) I don't know if it's like I want the control of pacing in the entry, but that's wild that there are exact parallels. and there's something about that mind space. And I think it's to me as a, when I think about my clinical hat, like it's the difference between people who want, who are okay with being flooded, like in, in anxiety and fear therapy, we talk about flooding versus de- systematic desensitization. And maybe there are personalities that just, you're cool with flooding. You're like, I'm scared of this thing. And the only way to get rid of it is to jump into a vat of spiders. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, maybe not so much. But imagine it. Like, I'm yes, imagine yes. a bunch of spiders. And this helps me. And then there are other people who are like, hell to the no. Yeah. That is not the way to do it. I need to enter in with control and and have that space. I think that's really interesting. Now that we know this about ourselves, it can be expansive. Like if you know this about yourself, then how does this apply to multiple spaces in your life? And how do you use that insight to build in either time or opportunities to just like, okay, this is my version of jumping right in, you know? Yeah. And like I I manage those two spaces depending on what's being asked of me, right? Like um, we had like family things that we were doing and then it's like, okay, I got to go engage with family in a different way, right? I, and I know what types of questions are going to be asked and yeah. then it's, it becomes kind of like second nature to be prepared and like I got to just get my frame I just got to put my frame there, you know, got to prepare. 
Oh, that's so interesting to me because when you're like, oh, I got to talk to family, one of the things that I know, like if you're not ready, the way you react to not being ready is to avoid, right? Totally. Which is Which is why jumping in the pool is like exposure. It's like you got to go do this thing. So how do you do it? The alternative is that you have a choice about whether to avoid. And I do think we have realms of areas where we're like, I'm going to avoid yeah. And, and I think that is about like, do I engage with people, certain people, certain situations? And we're all kind of negotiating what this looks like. But it really reminds me of all the other times in our lives where we have to negotiate like, am I ready to go talk to that person? Yes. <laughs> am I ready to like re-engage with that relationship again? That's why I think there there is both an opportunity and a learning lesson that comes about from this experience yeah. where we, you know, we've talked in, in many of our episodes around setting boundaries. Right. And yeah. if you've been practicing that, this is like the best time to be like, you know what? I don't have to go and sit with people that I don't really like. I can say no. Yeah. Right? Um, or I really just want to go and be in a park by myself and I'm totally okay with that. And I'm going to manage whatever I think people are thinking of me, but I'm still going to do it, right? So you do have to figure out what you want to get out of this experience and figure out ultimately what that normal looks like for you. Because that's always been our thing. My normal is not the same as your normal. Yeah. And that's going to adjust. It, we've had to adjust. So it continues to adjust as we are like, setting better boundaries, taking care of ourselves and being like, no, nope, not doing that anymore. When you mentioned too, though, that it is within our control of our boundaries and what we're willing to do. We've had a lot of people, you know, some of our listeners email and just talk about what it, how to negotiate in relationships and friendships and whatnot. And I think there's probably a couple of podcasts there, but it reminds me that um, in the decision of the control to return or engage in a relationship that had been stopped for some period of time, like it's not all good and bad feelings. It's not all good or bad feelings, right? Like I'm not like, oh my gosh, I don't want to talk to this person and I don't like them or hang out with them. It's like, I do like this person. I love them. I love them and I want to hang out with them. But yeah, whatever it is that happened as part of that relationship also has like a lot of feelings or emotions that maybe I'm not ready to tackle. Like because actively avoiding that conversation has has been like the survival mechanism and maybe i just want to continue to not have to deal with it while dealing with everything else right it's it's all about the boundary setting it really is and f from the from the beginning of where you're exploring that and figuring out what life feels good to you okay yeah. and i say that really broadly and then like divvying it up into the different aspects and factors of our life and saying, these are the things that really worked well. These are the things that didn't work. So now I'm going to try to go for the things that worked well. I think for me, closing thoughts are this. It's okay to feel whatever the hell is going on in there. Whatever you're, you're feeling. Dude, you ain't the only one. Yeah. I, I, my closing thought, the thing that sticks with me is remembering that going back to normal is a big change. We talk about negotiating times of big change. And as someone who 
likes control, the way I can do that is to spend time to think about it, which I don't give myself enough time. I don't take care of myself. And the way that looks like is not saying to yourself like, hey, you know, you got invited to this party, like go ahead and allow yourself to think about it instead of just like saying yes and then being super awkward in the moment. It's a big change. It feels weird because it's not a big change towards the negative. You feel like it should be a big change towards the positive where you're like, okay, I'm going back to normal. I'm being healthy. But you, it's okay to acknowledge yourself even though it's supposed to be a change for good. It's still a change. Yeah. It's still going to have big feelings. So give yourself that compassion and self-compassion and that time to just give yourself what you need for your own self-care to navigate all the feelings and the thoughts that come with it so that you can be well. And then, I don't know, at least for me now, I'm starting to think like, I got to start also like going back to my planning and say like, what are my safety things? Like, do I need my fidgets? <laughs> you know, so I don't start picking. And like, if I was my healthiest self, I'd probably do more of that and make sure that I was going to be okay. That's awesome. Wow. This is a lot. That was, I mean, it wasn't a lot. Like I didn't totally cry or anything, but oof, that was like anxiety brain processing right there. <laughs> that was great. Okay. Okay, people. <laughs> um, we're going to go now and process. Keep fighting in the open. We'll talk to you next week. 